down at his costume to assure himself nothing was amiss. My valet claims the choice is divinely ironic. Yes, something like that, Kingsley agreed as he took another glance around the room and found himself face to face with yet another friend from his days at Eton. Kingsley, dear God, thought that was you. Wouldn't have recognised you, save for this dog in your company. The Honourable Roscoe Evans laughed and nudged Augie aside. Augie shook his head with annoyance. He didn't find that sobriquet any more amusing now than when Roscoe had come up with it when they were all twelve. Thought you were in the country after that dust-up with Lady Verwood, or rather, Lord Verwood. His tone implied he wished him still away from town. Roscoe waved him off. Nonsense, not with the Setchfield ball at hand. Always a fair bit of sport to be found, eh, Augie? He winked and then turned to the Major. So, you are back, aren't you? As observant as ever, Roscoe, Kingsley said, wishing him, as Augie obviously did, well away. For it wasn't that he didn't like Roscoe. He did, in an off-handed fashion. But wherever Roscoe went, there was always trouble— and right now, Kingsley was dancing on the edge of a sword with his parents, who were first and foremost furious with him for not returning home after Waterloo. That he'd taken it in his head to caper about the continent was a grave sin in their estimation, and one for which was now time he atoned. The last thing he needed was an imbroglio to leave him completely at their mercy. And unscathed, I see, Roscoe said, glancing sideways at him. Thought I heard you got shot in that last brush with Boney. A scratch or two, nothing of note, Kingsley told him. Good news, that. Means you are in fine form for a bit of a wager. A wager? Suddenly, Augie's interest came back to life. Roscoe leaned in. Mrs. Spencer is here. Mrs. Spencer? Augie shook his head again, rather like a wet dog, but Kingsley was too well-mannered to point that out. You're bamming us, Roscoe. Won't fall for any of your capers. He huffed, tucked up his nose, and crossed his arms over his chest, as if to ward off whatever mischief the man proposed. No, indeed, it is true, Roscoe shot back, all affronted. Apparently, the Duke and Duchess attended her ball last month. In disguise, of course. Of course. Augie agreed, for apparently that was old news. Yes, well, Mrs. Spencer is here, and I have it on good authority that the fellow who unmasks her before midnight gets to uncover the rest of her, if you know what I mean. He nudged Kingsley as if helping him along. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. I've been on the continent, not in a convent, Kingsley told him. And have you heard of the lady, Mrs. Spencer? Roscoe pressed. Yes, I've heard of this nonpareil. Kingsley hadn't been in London a day before the tales of Mrs. Spencer and her beauty, along with her lascivious practices, had reached his ears. Exactly the sort of woman he'd come here searching for, the sort he could lose himself with for a night or so before he must absolutely make his way to his mother's house-party, and all that it entailed, proposed, demanded.
Roscoe rocked on his boot heels. I know which lady she is. Stuff and nonsense, Augie shot back. If you know who she is, why haven't you gone and claimed her for yourself? Was going to do just that. Then I saw our good friend here. He nodded at Kingsley. Home from the war, I said to myself. Served his king and country with heroism, if the newspapers are to be believed. Be rather selfish of me not to offer her up to our own Major Kingsley. A thank you, as it were. Augie snorted. Kingsley laughed in sceptical agreement. Roscoe, I've never known you to share anything, least of all a willing woman. Were you perhaps hit by a mail coach while I was away? Nothing of the sort, Roscoe replied, once again in a pique over having his intentions questioned. I thought you might like the opportunity, especially...